You've tuned in to TV You Grew Up With, where we interview the people who created the greatest TV shows ever made. Here's your host, Jim Harold. Welcome to TV You Grew Up With. I am Jim Harold, and so glad to be with you again. And we have something a little different today. I think it's an important topic as we look at classic TV and TV in general. And uh, on the program, we've had an opportunity to talk to some great people who have been child stars. We talked to, I guess he would be a teen star, uh, although he may have been in college at point down most, but we have uh, Judy uh, Norton, who was on the Walton, certainly as a child. And we've talked to various stars who, uh, Ken Osmond, of course, from Leave it the Beaver, who were in the pinnacle of success in the spotlight in their childhood years. And when I saw this book, I thought this is a natural for the program. And we have two fantastic guests who have lived that life and have actually recently written a book about it. The book is called Stardom Happens, Nurturing Your Child in the Entertainment Business. And we have a former child star in the line, Taryn Noah Smith, and uh, his mom, Candy Benisi. And we're so glad to have them on, talk about this book, talk about Taryn's career and being a parent of uh, a child star, and maybe some cautionary words for those who may walk in those footsteps. Candy and Taryn, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. So I, I guess I'll start uh, with Candy. Um, uh, I know that Taryn, uh, very involved in show business, and his sister also uh, involved as a model. Uh, how did all of this come about? I mean, uh, I know you've been involved with the, the with show business. Is this something that you were in show business, so you thought it would be a natural for your kids? Did they show an aptitude? What kind of uh, led you guys to this life? Well, no, I wasn't in show business. Um, my daughter uh, was about five, and everybody kept saying, oh, she's so cute, she ought to be a model. So I just took her picture into the city and um, in San Francisco, and um, they scooped her up, and she was doing just a few little jobs, you know, maybe three or four jobs a year. And then Taryn is seven years younger, so when we were in a uh, audition for my daughter, um, they asked me if I wanted him to work. He was just a baby. And I didn't even, I said, you have work for babies? And they said, yes, sometimes when we use brothers and sisters of the ones we already have. So um, two, day, two weeks later, they called him to be on the cover of Baby News Catalog. He was six months old, and that was his first job. And um, it was just kind of a, a fun thing to do. We'd go into San Francisco, and we'd uh, go to the audition, and then we'd go make a doubting a, a out of it and go to a park, you know, Golden Gate Park or a toy store or something, and have fun. And it was something that they were doing maybe, like I said, four or five jobs a year, you know, and I'd put the money in the piggy bank. <laughs> but um, then Taryn uh, kind of started taking off. He got a, a got an Enterprise rental car commercial, and he, which got him a SAG card, and then it just kind of kept mushrooming from there. And then eventually we ended up down in Los Angeles because I'm from there and my mother still lived there. So we went down there and got an agent for him down there. And next thing we knew, he was on home improvement. It just kind of kept, you know, kind of fell in our laps. We were, we, when we went down to LA, we thought he might get a commercial. We didn't even know that, you know, we didn't think of a TV series at all. Didn't know it was the middle of pilot season. Didn't know what that was. We were very naive. And, that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to write the book was because we went in so naive and I wanted to make sure that other parents um, had a little more knowledge before they got their child into the business. But that's kind of how it started and it was just sort of fun, uh, something fun to do and then it <laughs> kind of mushroomed into very big. 
So I know uh, looking at your bio, it looks like you worked uh, as a script supervisor on feature films yes. and commercials. That came after the, the kids got involved, it sounds right. like. Okay. Right. Okay. I was a teacher and um, was getting kind of bored of teaching and you know wanted to do something different. And I had been on the sets with the kids and thought, well, it'd be fun to be on a set, but I don't have any knowledge of you know cameras or things. So, uh, but I found out found script revising, and that's something I could do. It was really a great job, and so I ended up, you know, getting into the business after they got into the business. Taryn, how did you feel uh, about this? What are your recollections? Was it something you were excited about initially, and and as those early years up into getting home improvement, how did you feel about it? Were you excited? Uh, put us through, give us some of the emotions that you experienced, if you would. Yeah, I really enjoyed the whole process. I mean, it was something that I just kind of always did. It was never something I thought about to, you know, to make the decision to do. It was just something that we did every once in a while. And um, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, um, during that Enterprise Rental Car commercial, I on the last day, I woke up at like four in the morning and got my trying to get my mom up so we could go to the set because um, I was so excited. But, uh, you know, it was a, it, it was just like a fun thing and that, we did, and I, I never, you know, as I got old enough to make a decision, especially once we got home improvement, my parents always made sure that I understood at any time that I wasn't, you know, happy with what was going on and wanted to stop, I could, you know, they would break the contract and just call me out if I, if I ever wanted to, and I never did. It was, you know, it was, oh, the, the experience of it was always uh, quite amazing, really. Uh, this is a question I have to ask Candy and, and forgive me for asking it, but I, I think it's one that maybe occurs to, to many parents. We hear all of those stories about child actors who, uh, uh, meet their demise, whether by drugs or alcoholism or self-destructing after they've had early success and then, and then things dry up. We hear all these horror stories and, and some parents might say, well, how in the world, how and, and why would a parent knowingly get their kid involved in something like that? There may have been, you know, I'm guessing you've heard critiques like that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, that's why I wrote the book, because I felt like there is a way to do it and, and have your child go through the process and come out just fine. And, but it, it, it requires a lot of knowledge. It requires knowing what you're getting into and realizing that it's an entertainment business, and that word business is there, you know, and you have to be aware of it. So um, that's, I mean, it's, you know, it's exciting. It's fun. We had a great time. I think that's what draws people to it. But you have to go in there knowing what you're getting into. And um, if you do, you can make a very good experience for your child and if you're aware of everything. So my book starts with, you know, how you first get in. Uh, the first part is all about just getting into the business. The second is, part two is about what happens when you get your first job, what to expect. And then the third part is what happens when your child becomes a star and how do you keep your child normal? What are the things that you can do to keep, um, you know, everything copacetic so that they come out with a positive experience and they don't end up in trouble? And, you know, I mean, almost every, well, not almost, but a lot of, a lot of kids do and and it's just a warning, and it's a, it's a way to kind of help people not have that happen. Um, you know, there's things that you just don't even think about, like, you know, the fans and the public appearances and the charities and financial matters and things like that that just, you know, you have to be aware of and, and work through and make sure that you're keeping your child safe through the whole process. And so... 
that's that's basically what people ask me. Well, you know, yeah, it was exciting. We we enjoyed it. The kids started off doing just a few jobs a year, and it was really fun. But um, you have to be prepared for what's coming. You know, if it, if they do get involved in it, and right now there's so many more ways for children to get into the business. You know, with all the talent shows and the, I mean, you have the seven year old opera singer and the five year old golfer, and you know, you just have right. ways for children to get involved in in that process of 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 performing and and it's you know really good to have the knowledge of how to how to handle it i would also think you know one thing that people have to be careful of is this kind of industry that i think has sprung up around this phenomenon for example you know i live in the midwest and you'll hear these commercials on radio stations and they'll say bring your child to so-and-so we're casting for networks like big name, insert big name here and insert big name there. And it almost a lot of that came across to me as very scammy and kind of preying on the, the, the hopes of children and their parents to become a star because, you know, everybody wants to be a star. What are your thoughts about the industry that has uh, sprung up around making and the making of child stars? Yeah, I, I, that happens. We see it. We saw it a lot while we were in the business, and we see it's still there. And it's, um, it's you have to be very careful because a lot of those are just total scams. And uh, you, you know, one of the things that when you're getting an agent, if if somebody's asking you to pay up front, you know, that's one thing you just never do. And agents don't take money up front, and managers, you know, are not supposed to take money up front like that. And so if they're asking, you know, you pay this money and come in, we'll get you all this. It's just complete bogus. It's you know, stay away from that. And that's one of the things I talk about in the book. It's just you know, different things to watch out for, because those uh, are are just preying on on the kids' idea that oh, I can be a star, I can do it, and they're just it's really sad. It happens a lot, but um, you just have to know that the the ins and outs of how the business works, and and you know, real agents do not charge you money they they get money when you work they get a percentage they get 10 percent of what you make sure but they don't charge you up front if they are asking for any kind of money up front run <laughs> run 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 <laughs> taryn uh, I, i'm curious about your perspective on this you know i spoke to i mentioned uh, judy norton in the introduction i said well how did you turn out okay and so many uh, kids have fallen by the wayside that have been in this industry and she had really pointed to parenting and it sounds like that's exactly a lot of what happened with you. You had some really great guidance and some really great parenting that put you in a much better position than your peers. Now, I'm not asking you to name names, but did you see other child actors, your peers at that time, uh, did you see kids that, that were obviously headed for trouble and uh, and uh, would not end up in the same scenario, the good scenario that you, you've ended up in? Uh, unfortunately, yes, I did, um, including two actors that, you know, I was not close friends with, but was, you know, often at various you know, similar events and, and, and do them who aren't alive today anymore. Um, one killed himself, one um, died of an overdose. Uh, but yeah, you could see, especially, you know, you could see the difference when you, you see a parent, like in the book, mom calls them the pot of gold parent, but, um, you know, you, you, it's very obvious when, when you see that type of child interaction, especially with the parents, you see the parents pushing them and trying to, um, you know, guide every single thing that they say and do all, all, all the time to, to create, you know, a persona. Um, you know, I, I even saw a 15 year old, 
actress that uh, had taken her out of the country and you know, allowed her to get breast implants. Oh my goodness! As a fifty-year-old, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was quite shocking. Um, uh, I mean, I, I've had you know, I've I've uh, come out I think pretty okay. Of, you know, having uh, don't have any drug addictions or any real crimes. Um, but it is, it definitely has to do with parents. I really feel so lucky that I had really sweet, grounded, loving parents from day one, and they've always been there for me. And I, you know, it, it's definitely the, the the key to it is having someone that they can, you know, the most most important thing is to remind the child just how lucky they are <laughs> over and over again. It's something my parents always, you know, made sure that I understood because, you know, it, so much of it is not about skill or uh, talent or anything. It's about just being the, the right look and being in the right place at the right time. Uh, you know, I was, uh, it finally got down to me and one other kid, uh, work apart and I had blonde hair and he had dark hair and it was all they decided the whole thing was decided on whether or not they had a blonde or dark haired mother and the funny thing is they had originally cast a blonde mother so they hired three blonde boys and then replaced her with Patricia Richardson who was dark haired so we had this strange family of two dark haired parents with three blonde boys but by that time they uh, they decided to keep us <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it just shows you how arbitrary these, these things are and to make sure that you, know, you don't ever take it granted or, or take you know take it you know let it go to your head and that was the the most important thing Tara, also was, go ahead oh, the other thing i'm uh, probably one of the only child actors to never even try cocaine <laughs> so well congratulations 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 on that um i'd be curious about this you know the thing is is that people when they hear the phrase show business they focus on the show and forget that it's business and um i've got to believe that the demands on a child actor on a set, whether it's a commercial set or a TV series set, uh, depending on who's pulling the strings, who are the producers and so forth could be very demanding because they have deadlines. There's things that, that have got to be met and, and maybe understanding maybe goes out the window a little bit. Uh, Taryn and, and certainly candy, you can speak to this as well. Uh, what was that like? And you don't have to name names unless you want to say something good. Uh, but what was that like working with producers, working with actors, realizing that you were, yes, an actor, but you were a child first and foremost, and, and they had to be sensitive to that and, and not expect the, the same thing from you that they would necessarily expect, uh, expect from a 35-year-old? Yeah, one of the first things we experienced uh, on the set was um, a complete lack of anywhere to play. It was not any place outside. We started, there was some grass along the lot, and as soon as we started to play on that as little kids, you know, the, we called them Mickey Mouse Police, but the, the uh, security was, you know, oh, no, no one's on the grass, get off the grass. So we had to actually fight kind of uh, in our negotiations to try to get someplace that, you know, we can play. Because that is something that producers just don't take into account uh, so much, is that, you know, kids need to be able to exert their energy somewhere, you know, safely and not be breaking things on the set, things like that. And, you know, that was one of the ways that um, my mom and the other parents were able to convince them that, 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 that this is actually in your best interest. You'll have a lot more calm, more professional children if they have, like, at least a, some place to go blow off steam and be outside for a while. So, um, you know, that, that's an example of that. You definitely are, they are concerned about producing a product and doing it as fast and cheap as possible and 
that often is not uh, the best thing for you know what a child needs. So you know, it's up to the parents, to, especially to, to always stick up for their children and and watch and know that that's a thing. Candy. That's- yeah, that's one of the things that I mentioned in the book, actually. Um, I talked about that same exact um, example of trying to get a safe place for the children to play. But one of the things you have to realize is that, you know, producers are, they've got, a, like you said, they have a budget, they have a schedule, they're, they're, that's their concentration. So as a parent looking out for your child, what you have to do is show the producers how what you want for your child is going to help them get, you know, what they need. I mean, you have to kind of approach it. It's an awkward situation. Instead of saying, look, this is a child and this is what they need, you have to kind of come at it from their point of view. But if you do this, it will help your uh, set function better or it will save you money or it will do something that will enable them to understand that they need to do this. And, you know, if you work it that way, if, and particularly if you work with the other parents as well, you can you can get things for your child um, but you kind of have to play that that game of you know making them understand that by making your child in a better, uh, happier, in a better, safer situation, it's going to help them. And that's it's it's you know it's just an awkward kind of way of doing it, but it does work. And um, we just you know kind of stuck up. Luckily, with with three kids, we had three sets of parents, so we could we could have a little more power. And then when, at one point they had another uh, show on the set, Boy Meets World, which were a lot more parents. So we were able to get a, a, a nice rec area for the kids and on the lot and, you know, get the things that will make them be able to work better and, you know, with, with power. But if you're the only parent and you know, with the only child on the set, that's a little it's harder because, <laughs> you know, it is a business mm-hmm. and it is something you have to know and watch out for. What about the balance of working with adult actors? Um, Taryn? You, you definitely sometimes uh, you know you can definitely tell when someone has uh, absolutely no idea what, uh, what to do around children. I, I see it often in a uh, just on other shows and stuff where uh, you know you just see someone holding a baby completely wrong. <laughs> oh, my wife points yeah. that out <laughs> over and over. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, you deal with that. Uh, uh, you know, we we were really lucky on, on our set. Both Tim and Pat were were, were very sweet, and you know to try to like be real parental figures for us because we already had parents obviously, but we're, you know, very kind and, and looked out for us and, and, uh, you know, treated us very, very well. So, um, you know, just oftentimes sets are, it, the whole tone of it is often set by the personality of the star. Uh, and if they are, you know, a, a difficult person to work with, it percolates all throughout the whole you know, cast and crew. And we were really lucky. Tim was, you know, a ball to work with. He uh, you know, kept us laughing all the time, and most of his humor could never have been shown on TV at that time. So we got the <laughs> we got the best of it. <laughs> but, uh, it is a uh, it is something that you have to be careful of because um, you know you're around a bunch of adults doing adult things. And, uh, you know, sometimes that isn't good. I mean, uh, like just people smoking around you and doing other things like that. It can be it can be you know. Uh, not the best environment. Well, I, it, it's interesting. You know, you think about examples like that, people who are good with kids. I mean, we're talking about Tim Allen, for example, and Patricia Richardson. On the other hand, you think of it going way back, uh, W.C. Fields, uh, obviously before television, but in motion pictures, was purported to hate working with children and animals. 
and I'm guessing he wasn't very kind to them. That's just a guess. And and then um, you also think about, um, I heard a fabulous, uh, not fabulous in the sense of good, but I heard a really frightening story. Billy Moomy was being interviewed on another podcast, and he talked about working with Alfred Hitchcock on Alfred Hitchcock Presents. And he told the story about essentially Hitchcock saying, I'll nail your feet to the floor if you don't stand still. So I'm guessing sometimes you run into, no names please, but you run into some people who are maybe not so pleasant with kids. Yes, that can happen. And, you know, it, it did occasionally. My daughter was in a commercial with an, an actor who just, she was in a, uh, a background, but he treated her very horribly and did not want to ride in the limo with, with the extra, you know, kind of thing. And there, yeah. there's... there's attitudes like that that and you just have to kind of you know we kind of just laughed it off i mean it's just kind of like okay you know that's some people are like that it's just like in the world there are people they're all different kinds of people and you just sort of get the you know make sure the child just doesn't get affected by it but just laugh it off it's all you can do um one of the things that we we found that you know when you're talking about kids that that have problems afterwards and and a lot of it has to do with with the trust account, the, the money that they pile up. And there are people in the world who know that those kids have a big trust account. And um, that that is oftentimes what leads to the problems that occur when kids leave the business or when they get older. Um, because these adults, I, I call them sharks in the book, but they are aware that these kids have a lot of money uh, and will be getting that money when they turn 18. And so they come swooping in and try to influence the child and, and you know, make get into their, the child's life so that that money can go to them. And th- I think that's really the source of so many of the problems that, that the kids have as they get out of the business. Um, when, when we first signed our, our contract, I realized, you know, over the seven years, which is a seven-year contract, there's going to be a lot of money in that account. And I asked right. if we could, if we could do uh, a third at 18, a third at 21, and a third at 25. And the judge said, nope, sorry, the rule is, law is, everything is 18. Oh, my. And that's just, that's just so incredibly wrong. You yeah. know, originally when, when it was first, the law was first made, the Jackie Coogan law, it was right. the, the money came due at the, at the age of maturity, which is 21. But then that switched down to 18. So now these kids get all this money at 18, and these adult sharks know that. And that's, you know, it, it happened to us on a, in, a, in a way, and it, it just happens to almost every kid that, that adults will circle in and, and know that that money is there. And that's one thing that, as a parent, you have to be very, very aware as they get older to watch, you know, now with the Internet particularly, it's even more. You have to watch who's coming into their life and who their friends are and, you know, really have to pay attention. That's yeah, that, that's interesting. I mean, I was familiar with the uh, the Coogan the Coogan uh, Act. Uh, Jackie Coogan, of course, a famous child star in the 1930s, I believe. And um, he went on to be Uncle Fester on the Adams Family, if you don't remember him as a child star. But he had made, uh, I guess, millions of dollars and his parents had uh, ran right through it. And uh, as a result, uh, there was this law put in place in California the California Child Actors Bill, which is a good thing, but it would seem like they would have the sense to update it, uh, maybe to parse out those earnings over uh, a decade or so. So it's not this sudden windfall for, frankly, at 18 years old, I don't know about 
both of you, but I still was pretty much a kid, even though legally I oh, was yeah. an adult. And you don't have the judgment of somebody uh, with a few years on them. And it seems like, yeah, it seems like a real recipe uh, for uh, disaster. Everything from, will you invest in this or... You could get into, you know, you could get into people maybe approaching you on a romantic basis, pretending to, uh-huh. to be interested in you, business people, uh, drug dealers, all kinds of things that would just seem to be a magnet. I never thought about that particular aspect of it. I actually, you preempted my question. I was going to ask you about money in child stars. That's an excellent point. Yeah, it's it's it it have it happens and it happens almost to every child star in some form or another. I mean, they're approached by you know all kinds of people, and that's you know we went through it. I think almost every child star parent you know group that I know has been through it in one way or another, and has had to you know fend off <laughs> these sharks. So it's um. It's something that I think I'm hoping maybe, you know, with a lot of conversation about it, that it can get changed. Um, one of the ideas we had was that, at, at eight, you know, I know at 18 they want to be able to pay for college. So the money could go directly from the fund to the college, and then the rest of it could come at 21 or 25 or, you know, space it out. Um, the fact that you can't do that, that the, you know, we, we tried and the judge said no, is so annoying because it's like, you know, you want to be able to control the situation and you know, basically, they're saying, "Sorry, you have no control," and it's 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 difficult. But we're hoping it can change. Now, Taryn, I have to ask uh, if I'm correct here. You have not continued to be an active actor. Was that uh, a conscious decision, or was that uh, was it difficult to get uh, work? I mean, what was your what was your reasoning to decide to step away from being after having been a part of such a productive uh, or popular series? To, to say no more. Yeah, it wasn't because of anything bad. It was just that I, at, at, after I was 15 when the show ended, and you know I'd been doing it all my life, and I uh, was basically ready for something different. I mean, for when I, growing up, I thought I wanted to be a director and be you know get behind the camera. But as I, uh, you know, after I turned got older into you know, a teenager, and, and I started to really enjoying expressing myself in a different way. I really love to build things. I like to be able to have something that I could point to or use or sit on or, or whatever at the at the end of the day. And uh, I've been doing that in a lot of different ways ever since. And uh, it's uh, it just was more of a, you know, just a sort of a, a life choice for what uh, what really makes me most happy, you know. I mean, I do, I do enjoy performing with an audience and making a lot of people laugh. It's always a great feeling, but it's, uh, you know, I, I tend to just do that as, as I go in, in life with my friends. And, and uh, so it's, um, yeah, it's just one of those things where I, I was started as, you know, six months, as she said, it was never like, I was never someone that like made that choice of, I want to be the person on TV, you know, uh, it was just something we did. So after it, I was ready to, to move on and just try other things. So. Yeah, very neat to experience. Right very, very neat, uh, neat experience to have now. But now you run your own vegan food business, don't you? Uh, no, I did that for a while. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but uh, no, I've been working at a, a, as a, um, uh, actually an organization called Communitaire, okay. uh, where in post-disaster areas, I spent, uh, last year I was spent six months in the Philippines uh, building 
uh, resource centers that, uh, with the heart of it being uh, a makerspace, which, if you're unfamiliar with the term, is uh, basically a, a very nice, well-appointed shop, you know, woodworking, metalworking, electrical shop, with lots of tools, everything from sledgehammers to 3D printers, that people can come and use and, you know, even <coughs> rent the tools back to their homes and help in the rebuild process and in the, you know, in the further economic, you know, build back better type of process. Uh, you know, a little different from a lot of other aid work, which just comes in and gives something away or builds a house and then leaves. This is more like, you know, the, the teacher man to fish instead of give a man to fish. We, we, you know, enable the community to, to do more and, and whatever it is they want to do. Um, so uh, that's been, been uh, exciting. I also uh, work as an installation artist. I've, I've built a lot of different uh, things at festivals and museums and, and various events. Uh, the most recent one was a, a floating art gallery. I uh, built a, a, a two-story uh, walled gallery that floated out on, a, on, a, on a various lakes throughout festival season last year. So, uh, well, that's been, fantastic. Uh, that is, that is fantastic and very unique, uh, a very unique uh, skill to pick up. Now, I do have to ask this. Um, there's that old line, when the applause stops. Uh, I think some child stars over the years have been in these big series. Obviously, Home Improvement was a smash hit. And it sounds like you're much, uh, you're very well adjusted. But is there a time, you know, after the applause stops, after you're not necessarily recognized on the street like maybe you used to be, um, when you're not the novelty anymore, is there an adjustment period that happens after that? And, and how, if so, how did you deal with that? You know, I never really, it was never something, I mean, I, I, they had, my parents had to actually kind of coach me and explain to me when, when especially when I was first young, uh, I mean, very young, uh, when people would, uh, you know, recognize me and ask my autograph, but that I just, couldn't understand, <laughs> you know, like, first of all, like they want me to sign my name and I didn't know how to do person at the time, but, um, uh, that was never something that I really like, like, you know, gloated over or like craved. It was just something that kind of happened. And, uh, you know, actually not too often it, when living day in, day out in LA, you know, if people know, you know, if they do recognize you, they just usually don't say anything. You know, you, you see a celebrity almost every day there. Uh, you know, it was only when we went to, you know, the different parts of the country that people were really into the show and would recognize me. Uh, but it, uh, it wasn't something I, I craved or, or missed or as it kind of slowly faded away. I mean, I still do get recognized from time to time, actually, but, um, you know, it's sort of a novel thing that happened. Um, so I, I don't know. I never really thought about the, the applause going away and, and having that effect again, you know, just kind of gone on to other fun things that are, that are quite fulfilling. So, uh, one of the yeah, things I, I can it, throw in there is, um, the thing that it's hard to get used to afterwards is the, um, not having the, the ability to, to go all these wonderful, fun places. We, right. we always laugh about the phone rings and we go, and that was, that was, we all, we kind of grew up that way. We first with the auditions and then with, the excitement of, you know, a home improvement and then all the things that home improvement gave to us, all the different opportunities we got to go to. I mean, every time the phone would ring, it'd be like, can you go to this, you know, place to sign autographs or can you, can you, you know, he, he got to give a, a speech in the, on the um, White House, you know, on the, on the front lawn of wow. the Capitol and, and 
um, fly the Budweiser, Budweiser blimp. I mean, all these different things that he was able to do. And when that stops, that that was something I mean, we all kind of had to get used to. Is the phone isn't ringing, and it's like it was it was not the accolades. It was the it was the more the the fun things we got to do that that you know you had to get used to the, you know not not doing that anymore. That was that was. Yeah. What 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 do you think would uh, Candy? What do you think would uh, surprise people most about this? Uh, about uh, being the parent of a child actor. What do you think that, you know, you might talk about the money thing and people know about that. They know about the pitfalls with potential drug use and things like that, but something that, that kind of, you know, people say, Oh, I had no idea. What would that be? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, um, I, I, I think maybe what, what I was just saying when people didn't realize that, there was so much more to it. It wasn't just the acting. There was a lot of other stuff that came along with it. Um, when we when we tell people, well, we got to this, we got to do that. We you know we we got to sit with the astronauts and watch the space shuttle take off. And people are like, whoa, you know I, that that seemed to be you know kind of a surprise because people just think you just go and you act and you come home and but there is so much more to it that. Um, you know, it's a surprise. It surprised us, and as well, and it surprises people. You know, when we, when when we talk about it. But um, yeah, that's an interesting question. Taryn, <laughs> uh, I think I think it's just a. Uh, I would imagine. I mean, what I what I found a lot is that going around to. Um, to you know, parts of the country and people that work in places that just don't have an uh, entertainment industry at all. Uh, just how much people really believed that it was real, that, you know, the characters were actually going, you know, going through this thing. For example, for one season, the seventh season, the writers decided to slowly make my character go more and more gothic. And, uh, you know, like to have that and have it be sort of a story arc where, sure. where uh, kind of got, got you know got more intense. The parents got more concerned, and I would get letters uh, from fans uh, all around the country, like concerned about me, <laughs> like wanting to save my soul, and, and <laughs> you know really think that I was like that. And you know the reality was it was just one of the executive producers, his son was around my age and was going gothic, <laughs> and uh, there was an awkward moment one time when I. Uh, I was in wardrobe and makeup and, you know, watched, opened the door to go to the backstage area and came face to face with one of the producer's sons <laughs> who, uh, who was not in makeup, but looked just like me. Or at least he was in his own makeup. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, 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 it never ceased to shock me just sometimes how, how much, um, you know, people just don't really understand how the process works. I mean, especially with you know, with with kids. But I'd you know, I'd have I'd have kids ask me sometimes like, do you know Tim Allen or do you know Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Uh, like somehow we would not, you know, just one of those. Right? Things do you be on the uh, set acting with them, but you wouldn't possibly know them? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I so, think at one point I told a girl that uh, that that Jonathan was computer generated. 
<laughs> just because, you know, stupid questions deserve stupid answers sometimes. I mean, I told her, no, no, I'm just joking because she started to, to tear up real fast. But, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it, yeah, it seems like people really get attached to characters uh, by, by any means. Uh, you know, it's just amazing how attached we get to these people. And the thing is, that just shows the mastery of the Hollywood machine and creating stories that we can relate to and do relate to. And maybe sometimes maybe a lit, little too literally now. Um, so uh, final thoughts, uh, any words of wisdom from either of you for uh, parents of potential child actors and, and child actors themselves? Um, well, I really think that the main thing parents need to know is to, to go in and be prepared. Um, find out as much as you can about the business, about the whole process, about how to do it. And, um, you know, my book is a big help, but there are other books as well. And I just read as much as you can. Talk to people, talk to agents, talk to other actors, and just go in with a lot of knowledge because um, we went in very naive, and uh, I would not want to see parents do that again. It's 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 really important that they just read as much as they can, and they don't go in prepared. <laughs> That's all I can say. Taryn, um, you know, I would just say that uh, you know the advice to parents to just always make sure that their kid is actually really wants to do it and is happy and, you know, that it's their thing. Because if it's not their thing, then it's your thing as a parent, and that's not right. And, um, you know, I always, felt it, I always felt great because I knew I had that option. And my parents were, you know, you know, super supportive if I ever wanted to just pull the plug in. And it's really important to always have that option and, and make sure that, you know, the child, this is really what the child wants and that they're really, you know, the, the right type of person for it. And, uh, and you're not trying to force them situation so that's all i can say it's great to hear of a child star who has a very happy ending and a happy life beyond being a child star our guests today have been candy benisi the author of start stardom happens nurturing your child in the entertainment business joined by her son taryn noah smith from home improvement fame uh candy uh folks can pick up the book at amazon barnes and noble wherever fine books are sold yes Yes, all of those places, and we have a website, stardomhappens.com, and there's a Facebook page as well, so there's lots of information on both of those places, and yes, it's uh, it's in all the bookstores now, So, and you can get it on a, a website too, you can order it through there. So. Well, congratulations on what I would say is a public service. We appreciate both of your time today. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for tuning in into TV you grew up with, a little bit different than our normal show. But again, you see these commercials on TV, you hear them on the radio about take your child to be a child star. I thought it was a very worthy topic and something a little bit uh, unique to the program. We thank you for joining us. And as they say on TV, stay tuned. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Everybody.